And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, most fascinating, I can talk, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, scoffed at with false accusations. Once we dig our heels in, Examine a situation, determine the best course of action, and remember we are in a partnership with God. Something else comes. Spiritual warfare. This is usually in the form of ridicule, false accusations, and remember that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, an attempted discouragement to stop us from moving forward. The devil uses lies against us. Next, we should have a reply ready for spiritual warfare. We should be prepared to respond to attacks by the enemy using people of the world. How he uses people of the world, we should be prepared. But how do we prepare? By knowing and saying that the God of heaven will help us succeed. This creates an open door through faith of God's manifested miracles to enable us to prevail. This is the God part of the partnership. If God is for us, who can be against us, and who cares? And finally, dedicated in such a, is such a powerful image in the Bible. Dedications, dedicated, devoted, holy, separated, surrendered, uh, yielded ownership— devoted in honor of God. He wants the work of our hands dedicated to him. He wants our minds to be dedicated as well as our hearts. He wants us to be committed to him. That means we are his property. It doesn't mean we are perfect, but it does mean that he owns us. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive, so much more. Hey, 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 how you doing there? We're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. And when you call 972-445-0770, you will be blessed because Captain Chris will answer, and then you will be... Sailing takes me away to where I'm going. 
Now, the bottom line is you might have a thought, an opinion, a comment, a question. We encourage you to reach out to us. It's not a kvetch fest, which is simply our way of saying this isn't a place just to call and complain. I know there's a lot to complain about in the worldly realms, not in the kingdom realms, in the worldly realms. Got it. And in those shows, we encourage you to participate that way. But our show's geared towards Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, and Hebrews 10, 25, so that we, be in, we will be encouraging one another daily as as we see the day of the Lord getting closer and closer. So if you've got something you want to know or you got something you want to share, you got a praise report or a prayer request, you have that opportunity to engage and to help uh, other people sh- by sharing the blessings the Lord has given you or by letting them learn to carry your burdens with you. Both of those are essential. And you don't have one without the other. And the other part of that is for us to understand that this is what the Christian call is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And as Jesus said in John 13, here's a new commandment I give you, love one another. And that's what we're talking about doing is loving one another. So you can reach out to us. You can talk to us about these things. You might ask me a question uh, about physics, and I can just smile at you. You wouldn't see me smiling, but I would be smiling at you because I don't know anything about physics. What am I? I don't know. But if you ask me something about a Snickers bar, I could probably help. Okay. See, see the difference there? Physics, Snickers. See, see that difference? All right. Also, we do Bible trivia. Here is your Bible trivia question. True or false? True or false? In Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. True or false? In Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us by calling, as we mentioned, 972-445-0770. We can, you can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. The only other thing I want to tell you before we jump into the teaching, uh, keep my wife in prayer, keep my daughter and my grandson in prayer. See, all the, 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 the important women in my life. Just keep them all in prayer. It's not because of me. Just keep them all in prayer. And then uh, also uh, for those that are ambassadors, ambassadors who've signed up on the ambassador thing, relax. We're going to get you the information. i got to go through a few more hoops with the academics. That's not what I call people at, at school. I just call them academics. I, I could say annoying people, but I'd get in trouble, so I just call them academics. It's easier. All right, we're going to get into our text. Again, the trivia question is true or false. In Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Reach out to us if you think you know the answer. Hang on and listen if you don't. We are in Nehemiah. Did they miss anything? I don't think I missed anything. Now, most of you guys know, as far as I can tell, most of you guys know, it's not professional radio. figured that out. I, I, I have nothing for you. All right, so we're talking about uh, Nehemiah. So Ezra and Nehemiah, a single book, actually, but broken up uh, for the canon. It makes it a little easier for people to understand. 
Uh, Ezra laid the groundwork. Nehemiah comes in. Ezra's like turning the hearts of the people. Nehemiah is now moving people forward in action and activity in the rebuilding process. So it's a forward thing. We talked about it last week. It's pretty important to understand this. When you are looking at and doing endeavors with God, you do need to understand that you examine the situation first. You determine the best course of action you remember that you're in partnership with God. These are things, okay, well, all right, so here's here's the situation. This is our best course of action. Now we're going to do this with God in partnership. And that's when we say, you know, uh, do your best, pray that it's blessed, and let Jesus take care of the rest. Here's what happened after that decision was made where uh, Nehemiah says, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and rid ourselves of this disgrace. And then he told them how the gracious hand of God was upon them. So they began to the good work. Awesome. Now, verse 19 in chapter 2 of Ezra says this, Then when Sambalat, Tobiah, and Gershom the Arab heard of our plans, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Rebelling against the king like this, they asked. Now, I want you to get this. This is super duper important. Once you make a decision to dig in your heels, examine the situation, determine what the best course of action is, and remember that you're in a partnership with God, here's what you can absolutely positively count on. Spiritual warfare. Now, I know what you're saying. Spiritual warfare, Satan doesn't show up with a, with a big picture and go, here I am, it's spiritual warfare. And then he's got a little bonk hammer, and he goes, boink, boink, boink on your head. That's not spiritual warfare. Although those things were pretty cool at the fair. That's not what I'm talking about. What happens is people scoff at you, people mock you, and people lie about you when you go forward in building things in the kingdom of God. That's what I'm talking about. So listen to what they did. They heard what they were going to do, and they scoffed at them contemptuously. These are the enemies of Israel. And they said, why are you doing this, rebelling against the king like this? They weren't rebelling against the king. They had orders from the king. But they were being falsely accused. Do you understand that? Falsely accused. What does the word Satan mean? What does it mean? Accuser of the brethren. So where is he involved? Well, he's the father of lies. So when people lie against you, it's connecting to him because he's the father of lies. And people will say things. And it's not, it's not that these people don't have some religious pedigree. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's they're against you in the work of God. They're not against you because you pick a different football team. They're not against you because they don't like the restaurants you go to. They are against you because of the work of God, not because you're a mashugi. Okay, there's a big difference, right? Some Christians think they go through persecution when they are less than fun to be with. <laughs> that was politically correct, I gotta say. In other words, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people that oppose the building plans of God, who speak things into your life, say things against you, ridicule you, lie about you, demean you. And often these are some form of religious people who then tell you you're being rebellious against the government. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like, don't get mad at me. I didn't write this book. This is thousands of years old. I'm just reading it. Okay. All right, I got to answer the trivia question, don't I? 
Okay, Chris, look at me. Don't forget trivia, Dave. Okay. Uh, true or false, in Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, my father, if it is possible, make this cup pass from me. The answer is true. If you're looking for a reference, Matthew 26, 39 would be that reference point. We'll take a short break, then we'll come back. So much more to do. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Don't go anywhere. Hello, Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, so you may appeal to a higher power. The David Spoon Experience. So in this position, I have the opportunity to interview people and have so for the last five years from all across the range of Christianity, uh, from, from authors and from actors and musicians. We are about to have an opportunity we've never had on this show. We actually have Lee Strobel on the phone with us. It was 19 years ago, I believe. This September 1st, where his book came out, The Case for Christ, if you're Jewish like I am and then became a Christian, that was when you went, oy vey, this book was a life changer for many, and now it's a movie. Lee, are you there on the phone with us? I am, David. How you doing, my friend? I am doing fantastic. Thrilled to have you on the show. It's Thank my you. privilege. I'm just, I just, we got to start. I know they give you a list of questions just so you can know, Lee. I never use them. So, uh, good for you. <laughs> it's like, come on. I want to tell you, we're brothers here Absolutely. in the Lord. Talk to me. First of all, you wrote this book, The Case for Christ. Let's first talk about the writing of the book, and then we'll talk about that connection to the movie. Why did you write this book? Well, I didn't start out to to do that. I mean, um, I was an atheist. My wife became a Christian. So in order to try to rescue her from this Christian cult, I uh, decided to use my journalism training and legal training and uh, disprove Christianity to um, show that the resurrection never really happened. Uh, of course, I ended up coming to the opposite conclusion and ended up coming to faith. But I, I, I did this investigation for my own edification, for my own education, not because I wanted to write a book. And then it was actually later my wife said to me, hey, you ought to write a book about that. I said, really? And she said, sure. So uh, that's how the book came about. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Normally, we'll see even on Monday, Monday Fun Day or Fun Day. It was a Monday Fun Day. Is that what we decided? Monday Fun Day. But today is a little more teachy, which is fine. You need some days are a little more goofy. Some days are a little more teachy. I like that. I like that we don't have it must be this way. It must be this way. I don't think anybody's Christian walk is that exact model like everybody else's. I think everybody's walk is unique before the Lord 
but in all of it, it has one theme, that God is making you look more like Jesus in each and every step. That's the theme. For you, that reflection might come a little differently than it might come for somebody like me. But enjoy that diversity. That's one of the things that people miss. Unity is not conformity. That's not what it is at all. There are 12 tribes in Israel. They had different tasks. They had different geographical locations. They had different subcultures amongst themselves. But they all lived for the glory of God. See that? That? That's what unity is. Get that? Okay. All right. All right. What are we doing? Oh, I got to do a trivia question. Okay. I know something I got to do. Oh, and then I got my funny stuff. Oh, my goodness. I got to get going. Uh, true or false? It's a little tougher, so you might want to... Let's play the horns. a little tougher. A little tougher. All right. The horn has been given. I don't even know how to respond to that. True or false, Jesus was crucified inside the boundary of the temple. True or false? True or false? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email david at he must increase. Dot org. That's the way to go about that. I have in my hand. Can they hear that when I do that? Oh, okay. Uh, a kind of a funny couple of jokes. I haven't decided whether I'm doing both or I don't know yet. You'll have to let me know. Right. I got the buzzer ready. I have the buzzer ready. And if anybody gets a, or somebody's calling in, so they have to wait on that because uh, I got to do the one joke first. <laughs> I'm doing this one. And again, if you get offended at this, I, I, I have nothing for you. Three elderly friends, while playing bridge, were also discussing the travails of getting older. One said, Sometimes I catch myself with a jar of mayonnaise in my hand in front of the refrigerator, and I can't remember whether I need to put it away or start making a sandwich. Oh, another agreed, saying, he often paused, befuddled, on the stairway landing, unsure of whether he was going up or down. The third, a recent widower, played a card as he responded and said, well, I'm glad... I don't have any of those problems. Knock on wood. And then he wrapped his knuckles on the table. And then he told them, oh, that must be the door. I'll go get it. <laughs> Pretty good, right? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Okay. Uh, we have somebody uh, ready to answer the question. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Stephen. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Stephen. It's great to hear your voice. I hope you are doing well and your wife as well. How are things for you? We are doing wonderful. I'm do you glad. realize the significance of the answer to this question? I do. And, it's and, very profound. Yes, and ironically, it's a simplified question, but the depth is incredible. So I'm going to let you take a kind of a roll with it. I'll ask the question, let you answer it, and then give me some of the the. Uh, impressions that it made on you as as you kind of think about it. True or false, 
Jesus was crucified inside the boundary of the temple. False. Correct, sir. 100% correct. Share a little bit, if you can, just a little bit, on the profoundness. Very quickly, Jesus was not religious. Every part of his ministry was outside the religion. He was for the Father, not for the religion. And it was extremely important that he followed everything to the letter, but not to follow the religion. Excellent. Keep going. Do you want to share any more on that? I mean, that's just excellent. Oh, I can go on for days on this, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Excellent job, though. See, that's an important part of it. And then being burned outside the camp or outside the temple took him away from what the temple assumed would be the answer to everything and made a declaration outwardly that there's more going on than the religious leaders know. Amen. Amen. Good job, brother. Thank you so much. (laughs) Take care. All right. God bless. God bless. Now, I, I love Steve because I know he knows, and so I give him that space. See, see, that's one of the cool things when you know, when you have an audience and you kind of get to know them. That's one of the cool things. All right, let's get into – let's see, we did that. Wasn't that joke funny? Knock, knock. Wait, let me get the door. <laughs> I'm only concerned that's happening to me sooner than later, but let's just move on. Uh, okay, here's the thing I wanted to say in this next text. Okay, so we just talked about, you know, you, you, you're digging your heels in. Yeah, you're examining the situation. You're determining the best course of action forward. You're remembering that you're in a partnership with God. And you know that there's going to be some form of spiritual warfare that comes. And so there's the spiritual warfare that comes from these guys. And uh, they heard about the plan. They scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? You're rebelling against the king, false accusations, lies being spoken about them. But I want you to hear how Nehemiah was ready with a response and what this response says and how we, as Bible-believing, born-again Christians, need to have this response a part of our system. You don't have to say it every time, but you have to know it, and you have to embrace it. And it probably, some of you, it probably wouldn't hurt you to say it. Here is the response that Nehemiah gives to the lies, the spiritual warfare, and the accusations. Ready? But I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. Don't, don't try to add to it. The God of heaven will help us succeed. Some of us go through our trials, and all too often in the midst of the trial, we do, we have a certain amount of knowledge, and we have a certain amount of experience, and we call upon that knowledge and that experience, and that part's not wrong, to to help us gain through. But what we don't quickly acknowledge or don't start off by acknowledging, which we should, is that it is the God of heaven that will help us succeed. It is not by our strength, not by strength, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by us that you rebel, or not rebel, that you rebuff 
uh, spiritual warfare. It's not by our great brilliance that you are able to remember Scripture and use that against the enemy. It's by the grace and the goodness and the mercy and the kindness of God that we retain anything. In fact, Jesus said it's the Holy Spirit that brings to remembrance the things that, that Jesus would teach us. That was one of the promises in the Gospel of John. So the understanding is that it is the God of heaven that helps us succeed, and that's really, really important, especially going back to last week, because it does two things. It makes you remember to be surrendered to God, submit yourself, therefore, to God, and it makes you remember that in that submission, submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee, that Satan will not stay there or cannot stay there when the full submission of God takes place because the power of God is active. We need to have on our lips, in our hearts, and our minds, the God of heaven will help us succeed. Is it the God of help, heaven will help us succeed in, you know, in me winning the lottery? No, that's not what it's talking about. That's called out of context. What it's talking about is that the God of heaven will help us succeed in a work that the Lord has put before us, that he has put on our heart to do when the enemy opposes us. The enemy will not prevail. And in this case, it's the temple being rebuilt, and the enemy didn't want the temple to be rebuilt. He wanted the disgrace to stay on them. And if you want to use that as imagery for your own life, there's things in your life that you've done that you failed it, and the Lord is helping you rebuild Get the walls back up. Get yourself back on track. And the enemy comes against you and says, you'll never be able to resist. You'll never be able to stop. And your response needs to be, the God of heaven will help me succeed. That's what it's got to be. And you got to stop that other... You know, uh, you know, you got to stop that other stuff. And the enemy is going to throw stuff at you through people, through suggestions, through temptations, through the Internet, through television, through magazine, through every possible place that your eyes and ears can connect to. And you need to have on your lips, in your heart, ready to go on a regular basis, the God of heaven will help me succeed. Because that's how it goes. And I understand, you know, the the different principles that different uh, teachers. I I happen to like some of the salesy teachy kind of stuff. Depending on what it is, it's good. I mean, you know, I mean, the guy that said, you know, hundred less calories uh, a day over two years means like a loss of fifty pounds. Like, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> I think that's great, right? That's great. But you know what? It's the God of Heaven that will help me succeed. It's not David. It's not David being smart. It's not Noel. It's not the kids. Not the dogs. Trust me, it's not the dogs. Uh, it's God, and it's the God of heaven that helps us. And even though the enemy comes against us and lies against us and discourages us, or attempts to discourage us, and don't don't, he, of course he does. We have a response ready to go. We're the children of the Most High God. We're not perfect, but we're God's property. That's that, this next section we're going into. And we'll do a lot of dumb things, but God loves us, and he will help us, and he will help us succeed. And that ought to be the first things that come out of us when we're in the conflicts. Okay? All right. Could take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere.
But I want us to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, it was not... Uh, impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment. God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew it's amazing. It's a miracle. Exactly. And and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was ha- he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that, even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand. And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we get ready for our next trivia question. Ta-da! I don't know. I just threw something in there. I don't know. All right, you guys should know this one. This is also from Gethsemane. Here you go. Fill in the missing words. Okay, fill in the missing words. So I say the word blank, and when I say blank, that's where you put in the missing word. Okay? The blank is willing, but the flesh is blank. The blank is willing, but the flesh is blank. 
If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email, david at org. You can do that as well. Here's the remember. Just remember the question. It's a two-parter, I guess is the way to say that. The blank is willing, but the blank the the blank is willing but the flesh is blank so there's two blanks right there uh so before we get there i do want to send you the website a couple things to tell you about the website I'll, I'll make this real easy on the website there's the ambassador information if you want to be an ambassador what does that mean does that mean that you go on a list and that i irritate you all the time no i just irritate you on the show i don't i don't, I don't need a list to do that I mean, come on this just means that at some point we're going to give you bumper stickers business cards brochures oh, brochures yes brochures fancy give you some books and give you some other materials and some suggestions and you know all that kind of stuff right and uh you can use them as you see fit just to share about the show you think well why why not <laughs> i love that ziggy why why not uh okay so we're gonna send you the website and then don't forget it's pretty simple we need money Okay, there you go. Uh, go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. You got to get a splash sound. I'm saying you just got to put it in there. <laughs> it's like you're just jumping off it like a Right. Or, you know what you could do? Have a splash down and then have another one have like a, a trampoline thing where it goes boing. <laughs> That's right. We have fun. All right. Person ready on the phone to answer trivia. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. Hey, Gary. How are you? Oh, I'm making it. How are you doing? I'm making it. I'm with you on that one right there. Well, but, I've been praying for you, your family, and your staff. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Now, Noel's doing good. It's just the stamina. With Julianne, it's just every other day, it's so hard to hear. So that's hard. And then, and then you know, my, my trials are so minuscule, I think, compared to, like, hers and Easton's and— but uh, but I appreciate the prayers, and we need them. So please, please keep You're praying welcome. for us. All right. Here we go. Uh, pretty straightforward. Fill in the missing. Uh, the blank is willing, but the flesh is blank. What is that? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Correct, Amanda! That is exactly exactly right the spirit is willing and i find that to be true for a lot of us that the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak and some people are like well what does that mean the flesh is weak the flesh is weak in the spiritual realm and uh, it's strong in its own realm but it's weak in the spirit realm but the idea behind that is that there's a willingness in many of us i think we need to have a little bit more you know i believe lord help thou my unbelief attitude going on in our lives but Excellent, excellent job. Do you just know that right off the bat? I mean, it's just something yeah, you know of. That's good. That's good. I appreciate it. Great job. Everybody keep praying for Gary. Gary's going to be keep praying for everybody else, and that's how we do it. We pray for one another and take care of one another in the Lord. Right? Okay. Well, thank you. All right, and God bless you, brother. All right. Always great to hear from Gary. Love Gary. Great guy. All right, what do we got? Uh, great job, too. Exactly what I wanted so he did that well. That's a kind of a straightforward Monday. I'm liking it. I mean, I if I had done more jokes, it might have been more of a f Monday fun day, right? Maybe. Sure. Sure. <laughs> 
I feel I have empathy with my wife, although 17 hours I don't have empathy with. I know. It's just too long. I mean, she had to get up. She got up. So just so you can know, she was up at 340 this morning. So when the dogs, what they do is they move whenever she gets it. They move, and they move, and they sit next to me, and that wakes me up and so on and so forth. So then I just quietly said, I love you. I hate your job. <laughs> I'm not supportive, but, you know, I can. All right, uh, history. Let's do history real quickly. Let's go All right, obviously, it's Valentine's Day. And for those of you out there going, well, that was put together by, you know, cards, card companies, so it's over. Yeah, but that might be the case. But that's my wife's big uh, work holiday, so we don't go down that road. Whether I agree with you or not doesn't really matter, does it? I have to live with her, so you got to do it right. Uh, Did you know that 75%, listen to this stat, of chocolate purchases are made by women all year long, during the days and minutes before Valentine's Day, 75% of men. So women buy chocolate all year long. Men buy chocolate in the few days before Valentine's 75% of male purchases take place within the two weeks before Valentine's Day. Isn't that weird? Obviously, they've never talked to me. So I'll just kind of move on from there. Just so you can know, over a billion dollars, that's with a B, of chocolate is purchased on Valentine's Day. Over a billion dollars on a day. All right. Today is also National Creamfield Chocolates Day, which is like, sure. Why could you not like that? And Ferris Wheel Day. You know, I like Ferris Wheels. To a degree, when I was younger. <laughs> now that I'm older, something happens when you get older and you get on like a, a roller coaster or something. Oh, I know. It's the inevitability of death. <laughs> if the Ferris wheel's too rough for you, yeah, it's, you it's... might be getting too old. <laughs> I'm not even going to argue. 1876, on this day, Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. Somehow that has to be connected to Valentine's Day. I just don't know how. Uh, 1918, the movie Tarzan and the Apes is released. 1961, McDonald's Hamburger University graduated its first student. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what they give them, a McNugget as a diploma. I don't get it. (laughs) I'm just not following. What do they major in? I don't know. I mean, pickles. I don't know. And then at 2000, this first, first spacecraft orbits an asteroid, not just a, but an asteroid. So that's pretty fascinating. All right, let's get into the teaching because we need to do that. Is there anything else we need to cover? No. Okay. Got to get into this. All right, here's the next segment. I want to talk about this just very brief. It's this devotional part. Uh, again, super, super, super important. Uh, chapter three of Nehemiah. Next week, by the way, I'm taking leaps and bounds in Nehemiah because there's like 40 verses in a row about he built this, she built this, they built this, 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 36 gates. It's like, I'm not reading every one of those. That's not happening. Uh, then Elisha, the high priest, and the other people started to rebuild at the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set it up 
its doors, building the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated in the Tower of Hanel. People from the city of Jericho worked next to them, and beyond them was Zakura, son of Imri. This is why we're not going to do it, because there's 36 of these in a row. But what I did want to point out was the dedication, to dedicate something. So we hear the word dedicate, and in some capacities, the word dedicate means to sacrifice, like on a sacrifice, sacrifice, as in like, you know, fire. Okay, And then in other times, the concept of sacrifice has to do with a separation. So we are sacrifices devoted to the Lord, but by that we are separated. We're not throwing ourselves on fire. We're throwing ourselves before the Lord as he owns us. Separation or, or devotion and dedication and, dedic- and dedicating something also falls along the lines of devoting it or honoring God with it or surrendering ownership, which I think is the biggest one. Okay, now I know there's the, the, the burnt offering and I know there's a lot of other things, but to me, when something is dedicated to the Lord, the best understanding for me is that there's a surrender of ownership. Now, I want you to think about this. I'm not doing this so you give, so just be quiet. Just listen to what I'm saying. In your finances, you want your financial life to be dedicated to the Lord. But that means that you surrender ownership. That means that you follow what the Lord guides you in. Not what your pastor guides you in, what the Lord guides you in. You follow what he does. That's giving up ownership. That's serious, right? That becomes a whole, well, that's a whole nother level, right? Or when you're in a relationship and you're having a hard time with the relationship, devoting that to the Lord, dedicating that to the Lord is surrendering ownership. Think about the power of that. It seems to me that when Jesus mentioned in Matthew 6:33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these th- and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, that there's a part of that dedication element there where you're surrendering ownership of your life and you're dedicating your life to the Lord. And by doing that, I I think it's important to understand that you're acknowledging his ownership. That's hard, (laughs) to be honest, but important that makes a de- that, that takes a decision to have every component of your life dedicated to the Lord. I understand that we don't always do every area, but every area that the Lord is working on, we need to do every area, but every area the Lord's working on, start there and surrender the ownership into the Lord's hands. Okay? That's dedicating it to the Lord. Got it? Okay. Taking a break now? Yeah. All right. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself. I go down. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. 
The David Spoon Experience on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Regardless of what the world says, regardless of what politics say, regardless of what uh, different people say, Jesus does one thing better than anybody else. He brings hope. It's like, wait, this could be different. And in verse 29, she touches Jesus, and immediately her bleeding stops, right? She, the Bible says, look at it, immediately her bleeding stopped. She felt it in her body. She was freed from her suffering. You know, people will say, well, I mean, how do you know if you're healed? I got a message for you. When the Lord, when you touch the Lord and power comes from the Lord into your life, you know. She knew. Not only did she knew, Jesus knew. And Jesus was like, okay, who touched me? Who touched me? Power went out for me. Right? And then the disciples are, okay. Look, there's like a thousand people right next to you. How are we supposed to? Now, why did Jesus do all that? Watch this. This is just one of those absolute mind blowers. The first thing that happens to her is her issue of blood ceases to exist because she touches Jesus. We would call that a physical healing. She was physically healed. She had an issue of blood, and that's a problem, and she couldn't do anything to help it. But when she was able to touch Jesus, bam, the physical healing happened. But then Jesus does this such weird thing because he's so cool that it just fits the whole thing. He says, who touched me? And they're all like going, okay, well, you know, take a look around, dude. There's a lot of people here. And he's like, who touched me? And then the woman said, it was me. Right? Jesus not only physically healed her, watch this, he socially healed her because a woman who had an issue of blood was not allowed to have the same level of public contact as everybody else. So he heals her physically and then calls her up in front of everybody and goes, yeah, you're well now, huh? It's just, just think about the moment. And instead of saying anything negative, because God's not like that, he's like, oh, your faith has healed you. Okay, your faith and confidence in you touching me made the difference. You're physically healed. And let everybody who's around you know you are no longer to be untouched because you touched me. Now you're socially healed. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Here is your final trivia question for the day. Uh, during the crucifixion, who were the two people Jesus was speaking to when he said from the cross, Dear woman... Here is your son, and also, here is your mother. Who was he talking about? What two people was he talking about? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Uh, i say Al scoring first before anybody else. Very fast. Kirk right behind him within a second behind him. That's pretty close. So uh, 972-445-0770 is the phone call, the phone call, the phone number. 
Sammy Davis Jr., personal friend of mine. Uh, you can text in 214-210-8483, and then you can also send an email, david at hemisincrease.org. We do have somebody that's going to answer. We're going to get to them in just a second. But I do want to do, because I had sent something to Aunt Deb, uh, who's a board member. Uh, I want to do one fantastic knock-knock joke. You ready for this? Now you gotta, you got to participate with me, Kevin Chris. You ready? Okay, Who's there? There's, no, no, hold on. Ready? Ready? Watch this. This is a class. This is one of the best jokes. Ever. Listen to this. This is a great knock-knock joke. Ready? Ready? Say knock-knock. Knock-knock. Who's there? I don't know. <laughs> See, that's the joke. <laughs> so you get the other person to say knock-knock, then you go, who's there? And they just look at you. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Okay. <laughs> it got beeped on a Monday. Uh, ready for the person to answer the trivia question. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. It's Samson. How are you? Good, Samson. How are you doing? How's your brother doing? Uh, he's okay. Okay. I mean, still, we are looking for a car. Okay. All right. All right. We got to keep on praying for that. So we would need to pray for that and your family as well. So, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and then I gave yeah. an update on Easton. I don't know if you had a chance to hear that or not, but he was no, in, I. He was in the I hospital. I just got a week. chance to turn my radio on. Okay, he was in the hospital, and then he, but he's he's stable now. So it's a little bit of up and down. So they have had a tough weekend. So just keep them in prayer. Just keep praying for Julianne and Jared for the stamina, and I just keep praying the Lord will bless them and reward them for their faithfulness because they are just such great yes, diligent I parents. Will. That's amazing. David, your voice is breaking up. Okay. Oh, my voice is breaking up. All right, are you? Can you hear me now? Hello? No. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay. It's like, no. It's like doing a commercial for, for a thing. Call back. Give me a call back. Okay. Let's hang it up and then have him call back. We'll wait for that. The trivia question, by the way, was, is, who are the two people Jesus was speaking to when he said from the cross, dear woman, here is your son, and then also, here is your mother. Okay, so Samson calling back. See, we try and work with people. That's what you do. You work with people. You try and make it work. So I'm hoping that there's nothing going on on our end, assuming that everybody can hear me still. Okay, not working. Okay, can't do anything. All right, we'll get to that in a second. Let's get to this text. This is an amazing uh, text because it does apply to our lives. Okay, so we're going to... Uh, are we able to pull it? You think so? Maybe? Here we go. All right, well, let's try it real quickly. Okay, Samson, can you hear me? Oh, yes. Okay, there you go. All right. I can hear you like as there. Okay. LA Ram is cheering up. Okay. <laughs> All right, my, my good friend, let's get an answer to this before we get lost again on this. Who were the yes. two people oh, okay. that Jesus was speaking to when he said from was, the cross, dear woman, here's your son, and here is your mother? He was talking to Apostle John and to his mom, Mary. That is correct, sir! A thousand applauses for you and a pixie stick, because that is the right answer. Excellent job. That is right. So he's wanted his mom to get taken care of. A lot of people don't realize Jesus loved his mom very, very much, cared about her enough that wanted her to have a family embrace her while he was going through what he was going through. And he picked the one that we think was closest to Jesus, and that was John. Excellent job. Thank you. All right. Go ahead. Did you want to share something else? 
Oh, no, just keep praying uh, for the car situation. Uh, we would appreciate that. You got it. And people in the audience, you need to hear this. Samson's brother needs a car. Their family needs some touch, some encouragement, some strength. And we just want to pray that the Lord would bless them with encouragement and freshness from the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. Go ahead, brother. Thank you, brother. You got it. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, now I want to get into this text. This text is pretty interesting, and, and don't read more into this than I'm sharing, but keep in mind that this text was written thousands of years ago. What does that mean? Thousands of years ago. Here it is, uh, Nehemiah chapter 3, uh, verse 3. The fish gate was built by the sons of Hassanah. They did the whole thing, which is emphasized, laid the beams, hung the doors, and put the bolts in the place and the bars in place. Uh, Uriah, the grandson of Hekaz, repaired the next section. Besides him was Meshulam, son of Barakai. You see why we're not doing 36 of these? I think you can figure it out. Uh, next were the people from Tekoa, though their leaders refused to help. Ding, 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 ding. The people were doing the work. They were rebuilding the temple. The specific command from God was to rebuild the temple, rebuild, or rebuild the wall, rebuild the city, thereby they'd be able to rebuild the temple. They were all into the building the wall. They were going to find out next week. They got about halfway. Great progress. Things are going great. Fantastic. But the leaders wouldn't lift their fingers. Don't sit there and say, well, this is prophetic for America. This has been going on for thousands of years. It's the same rubbish. When mankind is in charge of mankind and it's sinful man directing sinful man, it's just sinful. That's it. There's just nothing to it. These leaders could care less about what God wanted. Uh, yeah, that's very much like our country in many, many ways. Not every person, but in many people. The leaders refused to help. So you know what you do? You pray that the Lord will bring people to help. You don't pray that God would suck them out of the sky and send them to Pluto. I know some of you want to. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't do that. What you pray is that which is lacking would be supplied. The Lord will take care of judgment in his time. One thing that's amazing about the Lord, he always makes sure that it's covered. Good and bad, so to speak. Judgment and grace, so to speak. You don't need to pray that God will will uh, uh, get them. It's one thing to pray, pray that the Lord's uh, uh, justice be done. That's fine. You can pray that, but you don't want to. You don't want to have this sickum attitude. What you want to pray for is what's lacking. And in this case, the leadership was lacking in their willingness to help. When we have leaders in our country that are not willing to help, we need to ask the Lord to put leaders in place that will. That's what you do. And I don't care about your political you know, attitude about it, your, uh, your political action committee commitments or whatever the case may be. What I care about is that we petition that which we need. And God is the one who puts people in offices and in places of power and position. 
And who knows if some of it's judgment against the nation, what we've got. I mean, I, 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 I shudder to think that people speak so defiantly, speaking on God's behalf, who are not even close to being prophets. I think that's kind of a dangerous place to be. But I can tell you one thing. We need leaders that get it and get us and help us, and that's what I'm praying for, that the Lord puts leaders in place that love on us and protect us and are aware and are sensitive to God. That's what I'm praying. Instead of having God zap them out, I'm praying for God to zap people in. What's the difference? Well, the difference is there's a vengefulness in just praying that they disappear. I'm not sure that that's the spirit that Jesus wants us to operate in. I think he wants to fill the gap. He wants us to pray about filling the gap. That's what we got to pray. That's more of a Christ-like position, okay? I think it's important from, from my perspective and your perspective that we pray for our nation on a regular basis. I pray for America every—I know it sounds goofy—every day, but I don't pray that God would make everybody Republican or make everybody conservative. or make every, I don't even pray that he'd make everybody Christian. I wish that would happen, but I just don't pray it that way. What I pray is that the righteous would guide. That's what I pray. I pray that the unrighteous or the wicked would fall by the wayside. But I let God determine who that is, because I'm not sure we all know exactly who that is. I'm sure he does. But you pray for it. And in this case, you just look at this and you think, what What a crummy group of people. <laughs> this is the nicest way I can say it. I'm on the radio here, folks, so i got to do it well. I can't use a third tongue here. But what a lousy group of people. I am not inviting them over for a pizza party, period. Okay. Or maybe I will and just give them the worst parts. I don't know. <laughs> now, see, that's vengeful. I can't do that. The leaders refuse to help. We need leaders that understand that biblical leading is serving, not lording over people. That, my friends, that is the biblical call for leadership, to be a servant, Right? All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.